Growth is the only way to unlock your true greatness, not only to yourself, but to the world. I'm your host, Candace Lamb, and I'm here to encourage you to explore the possibilities of your best life, what it looks like, and what it takes to get there. I've gathered successful leaders all around the globe to ask the questions we all want to know about business, wealth, health, and relationships. So settle in. You're listening to the Growth and Greatness Podcast. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Growth and Greatness Podcast. I am your host, Candice Lamb. The Growth and Greatness Podcast is a weekly show where we share real, eye-opening, and thought-provoking conversations with successful leaders all around the globe that address questions and answers we all want to know about business, life, relationships, and everything under the sun in order to grow. I'm super excited to be coming to you all tonight. Thank you again for your patience. We had some technical difficulties and we have overcome them. So we are ready to have a conversation tonight that I know is going to enrich you. My very, very special guest tonight is Reverend Lashana Smith. She hails from, Lashana, where are you from? Reading, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, but she is my sister in Bermuda. We are U.S., (laughs) US, but we live in Bermuda. She is a minister of the gospel, and she also comes with a wealth of information and a wealth of knowledge that I know that she is going to share tonight. I'm so excited to talk with her. Every time I hear her speak, I am blessed by it, and so I know that you are going to have a very similar experience Welcome, welcome, Lashana. I'm so happy to have you tonight. Thank you. So glad to be here with you. Awesome. So we're not going to belabor the moment. Tonight, we are actually continuing a series that we started last week called Don't Learn These Things the Hard Way. (laughs) So I think I was sharing with you in our prep time that I think sometimes we give too much credit to learning hard things the hard way. Like Mm -hmm. you really don't have to learn everything the hard way. Okay. If you're already watching and you're in the chat, somebody put that in the chat. You don't have to learn all lessons hard. Okay. The Bible says that a wise man learns from a fool's mistakes. Now I'm not calling myself a fool, but if I've already gone ahead of you and done it, I just want to share. A little bit with you. (laughs) So you don't have to take the same rough road and end up with the same bumps and bruises that we have experienced along the way. Before we get into talking about the topics, though, Lashana, when you think about learning lessons the hard way, is there a story that comes to mind or what's in the forefront of your mind, even about the topic of tonight in general? Yeah, it's essential because we do not have to learn lessons the hard way. And God makes that very clear to us. It's by our choices, the choices that we make, the decisions that we make, the people that we choose to be around, the things that we align ourselves with that are not of God, that's not in the plan that God has for our life, tends to lead us down that road. For myself, I would say what I've learned the hard way and I did not have to, was when I had two abortions. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at being, I was at the time 15, going on 16, when I lost my virginity to this guy that I was with and was dating. You know, when you hear 
your parents say, oh, don't get involved with boys because you're going to get pregnant. And when you look at why God intends for us to be married, to have sex in the context of marriage, you know, to have children in the context of marriage, I can see the value in that. At that time, you know, I did not have to learn the hard way being in those positions at 17 and 21 and mm-hmm. really just experience having those traumatic experiences and having to recover and to mm-hmm. heal from. So at the forefront of my mind, yes, that is one thing that I did not have to learn the hard way. I could have learned the lessons from persons in my family, from other women who have traveled this journey. Mm-hmm. Yet I found myself at 17 years old, scared, afraid at an abortion clinic, just knowing what I was doing was wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in my mind, that was the only option. I made a permanent decision based on my temporary circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, you know, had I not even gone that route, you know, I'm sure I would not have ended up in that situation. But that's one of the lessons that I certainly learned the hard way. And it took a while to heal from it. But I thank God that God is so faithful and gracious. And not only has God forgiven me, Mm-hmm. Not only does God still love me, but God has restored me and continues to bless me. So mm-hmm. that's one of the lessons I would say. I certainly learned the hard way and you don't have to. Come on, come on. Amen to that. One yeah. of the, the things that you brought out that I think is so important to know is when you do learn something the hard way, it's not just a hard lesson, but there are lingering effects, mm-hmm. right? Oh, like yeah. there are things that you have to now heal from <laughs> because it was oh, yeah. a hard lesson <laughs> that you have to walk through. And I think sometimes we don't always think about the ripple effects of bad decisions and how they can stay in your system for, yes. I mean, the decision is just a moment. You know what I mean? It's just a, it's just a moment. Mm-hmm. Or it's a reckless action. It's a something I'm not really thinking through, but the lingering effects can last years, decades, you know, multiple decades, depending on what it is. Right. And even if we allow it. Yeah. You know, now whomever is in that situation, you know, if they find themselves in that space, you know, there is healing available. It's just, Absolutely. I wasn't aware, you know, at 17 that, you know, I did not have to walk around in shame that I could be restored. And the other lesson from that is, you know, we learn the hard way when we're irresponsible. So you're going to have persons who, for whatever reason, you know, if you have sex outside of marriage, and I remember going to Planned Parenthood and they would tell us when to take our birth control. And I did not follow those instructions. Even Mm -hmm. though I made the choice, I still was irresponsible. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at, you know, all of those different factors. That is so true. It impacts our life. It just impacts our life. It does. So that's a great story. And thank you for even being vulnerable enough to share that. And I also love the fact that you also highlighted the fact that God is a restorer. Just because you learn something the hard way, you don't have to sit in it. And sometimes we think that taking responsibility for the bad decision means that we have got to experience a lingering impact of that negativity. But as soon as you come to the light, as soon as you come to yourself and you say, you know what, this was a bad decision. This is not what I intended. The Lord is so near to us that all we've got to do is do an about face and we can begin to experience the forgiveness and the restoration of God and be restored and move in a different direction. And it really doesn't take that long. I mean, it is quick as making a decision. So I love that you said that because- we need to know that. 
Yes. And you're right. I love how you said the about face, because when we do experience, you know, consequences from our decisions that we make, we do have to turn around. We do have to make the change. And after my second abortion, I was 21 years old. I became celibate after I rededicated my life back to God. I became celibate. Mm -hmm. The only way I would not have any more children at that Mm -hmm. time, because I didn't want children at the time. I was not ready. It wasn't in my plans whatsoever. It's not something I desired. Mm -hmm. And the only way to not put myself back in that situation was to be celibate. And God was very clear with me about that. You need to be celibate. Come on. For many reasons. reasons, But that was one of them. That's it. And I think we've got to be prepared. I love what you're saying, because in this instance, it's celibacy. But how many of us are learning lessons the hard way, but then we are making decisions to put ourselves in compromising positions that will end us right back into the hard situation again. As I mean, we're not doing anything to prevent Mm -hmm. (laughs) these things from happening again. I remember there was a season in my life in my 20s where I was making mistakes, but Mm -hmm. I did not have the hat. Like I had a bad habit of just being like, make a mistake. God, please forgive me. But I had a reckless way about me. Mm -hmm. I did not have any forethought in my mind about how I was going to live my life. I had no plan of having a different outcome. You know what I mean? I just didn't want to be in the tough situation. So once the Lord freed me, I had no plan to stay out of it. (laughs) I was just living my life as reckless as I'd always been. I think it was a mother in the church or something. Somebody told me this phrase. I know it's an old school phrase, but I tell you what, the Holy Ghost used that thing to ground me and to teach me and to coach me. The phrase is an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And he said, Candace, you realize that you don't just have to pray for damage control. Your prayers are always on the back end. God, help me clean this up. (laughs) But I made a mess. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't exactly. have to be on the back end. A lot of times we need to be praying on the front end. If we have learned something and it's been a hard lesson and you're like, you know, I don't want to go back to that. Now our prayers need to be on that front end. God help me give me wisdom so that I do not yeah. find myself in this situation again. Give me wisdom because the Lord does not desire for us to be hurt. I know Pastor Jay, he tells us this all the time. He said the Lord's least desired way to lead mankind is through pain. But a lot of times we are not listening unless we're in a painful situation. Yep. It doesn't have to be like that. Does not have to be like that. So Mm -hmm. I encourage you, you know, if you are used to going from calamity to calamity, fire to fire, however you want to call it. Listen, the promise of the Lord over our lives, if you are a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, is that we move from glory to glory and faith to faith. If you are not experiencing that, then there is an opportunity for growth in the way that we are approaching life. And so that is what this episode is about tonight. Trying to help y'all go from glory to glory. Okay. Yeah. All right. So last week, you guys know I have my little randomization to a little something like this. (laughs) And I'm going to just pick a topic and we are going to talk about uh, the topic and how we learned something the hard way. And our first topic of the night is love. (laughs) Oh, love. Yes. So how I learned the hard way with love. First of all, (laughs) if the person doesn't belong to you, do not try to take them. Hi, hello. It don't matter how much love you have in your heart. I don't care. 
They are not yours. They do not belong to you. Leave them alone. So <laughs> uh, years ago, this guy, I thought he was cute. He had a girlfriend and I was like, mm, I'm going to take him. And I did. And that's the guy. Yes, I did. I was like, mm, it don't matter. I like, already, she said, I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take I already him. know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Listen, and I did. And we were together four years. That's the guy that I was pregnant. The first guy that I was pregnant by at 17. Nevertheless, he left the girl he was with. We got together. Then the relationship became abusive. We went to college together. And next thing you know, he cheated on me and got another girl pregnant. And I look back and it was just like, you know, first of all, it wasn't love. What I did was wrong. You know, I felt bad, but you know, when you're young, you're 15, you think you're cute. You know, you just trying to take somebody's man because that's like acceptable. Now at this stage in my life, I'm like, oh my gosh, when I think about it, but we have to look at those things. You know, we reap what we sow. And, you know, for me to be all distraught in college, like, oh my gosh, he's with so-and-so. Well, what did I expect to happen? you know, and then she's pregnant and then they wind up, you know, being together for however long they were together, but he wasn't mine to begin with. I had no business being with him at all, but it's just how it happened. So yes, when it comes to love, if they're not yours from the beginning, don't try to steal no one's partner. The other thing is, you know, if it's toxic, doesn't matter how you feel about the person, you do not need to be in the relationship. But what my husband has taught me is when it comes to love, we choose to love. And I'm grateful for that. That's been a blessing in this journey. I've learned, you know, the hard way about being in relationships and even seeking connection with other men because I feel like I need to be with a man or he looks good. So I just want to be with him. But there was no reason. There was no purpose. It was just... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm just to say I'm with someone and then you wind up falling for them, but they're not for you. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't come from God, if it's not, you know, genuine, authentic love, we don't need it. That's so so true. putting ourselves in positions where we're seeking the, only, the, the one thing that only God can really give to us. And we need God to give to us, whether it's a spouse, a friend, whomever, we should not be looking for love in spaces and places that's not designed for us. And then we make excuses about it. I made excuses, you know, still with him, it's abusive. Oh, but we've been together for all this time. Oh, I don't want to just throw it away. It's not love. It was not love because that's so not true. love. So yeah. true. So you mentioned yeah. something that I'm curious about. I'd love to hear a little bit more. You said that sure. your husband, he taught you that, you know, we choose to love. And so for those mm -hmm. of who are listening, what's the difference? You know what I mean? What's the difference between approaching love the way that we typically do and then versus choosing to love? Well, love comes from God, agape love. And love doesn't hurt. You know, love does not make you feel insecure. Love empowers you, makes you feel amazing. And I'll share when my husband and I, we were dating and the first time he said he loved me, I remember he was coming to visit me and he was like, okay, I'll see you in a few. He drove three hours to come and see me when I was in Pennsylvania. 
love. But, um, and he hung up the phone and he said, all right, I'll see you soon. I love you. And I was on the line like, oh my gosh, he just said he loved me. So when he got to my apartment, I said, you said you love me. How do you know? And he said, because I choose to love you. Like, okay. So he made the choice. It's a commitment that you choose to be with this person. You choose to love this person in their imperfections. And that's what he says to me. I love you in your imperfections. And that's liberating because all that I am, you know, he loves that. And most importantly, all that we are, God loves that. So we have to really, when we look at love, we have to really say, okay, you know what? Is this really what God has in mind? Because honestly, the greatest love is Jesus dying for us. That's mm -hmm. the greatest love, Jesus laying down his life. And I think that when we have people in our lives who, regardless of what, it's in a healthy manner that they choose to love us and be what they're supposed to be for us. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes in love relationships, we are looking for a level of emotion to overtake us to compel, mm -hmm. you know, so that it's like compelling. And this idea that we are choosing to love is less, mm -hmm. it's less romantic. It's less sweep me off my feet. It's less all of those things. But I feel like, I don't know about you. I have felt those overwhelming emotions and I'm like, honey, they not all that is cracked up to be, <laughs> especially no. in you're in a relationship that's not, that ain't worth having. But you know what? Like, honestly, when he said he chooses to love me, like that got me. Like the fact that he was like, I choose to love you. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> yes, hello, he yes. had me at that. <laughs> oh, he had me at that. Like I choose to love you. And when we choose to love, even when we don't have feelings of love or when you don't feel, you don't always feel warm and fuzzy. Like you're not always ready to get up and go to work, but you do. So, you know, you're not always ready to go to the gym, but you do. But yep. when it comes to love, it's just, you're, again, you are saying I'm choosing, and this is in a healthy context, yeah, not in the toxic and unhealthy, but you're saying I'm choosing be this person's life partner or in the context of family, I'm choosing to love my family, you know, with all my heart, regardless of, you know, the way we act sometimes, yeah. you know, it's not about, oh, you were acting funny today or, oh, I didn't like your attitude, so I'm not going to love you. That's not love. Again, mm -hmm. we choose to love. We choose to be in relationship with one another. We choose to connect. But girl, he got me with that. So yes, choosing to love. Bravo, you know, husband. Bravo. Yes. And it's the narrative too. You're taught that love looks a certain way or it has to be a certain way, you know, or it's a constant you're in the clouds. Yeah. Being in the clouds looks different. Yeah. Love is, you know, showing up to your parents' house, you know, knowing they're in need or knowing they just want a phone call. Love is, you know, honestly, like, you know, for instance, your husband knows you like certain things. He's picking that up to bring you joy, like whatever. It can look different. But I think mm -hmm. that as long as it's healthy, we have to make sure that it's healthy and, mm -hmm. and honestly, like just enjoy it and know that you're worthy of love. You're worthy. First of all, God loves you and mm -hmm. you're worthy to be loved and yep. you're worthy to love other people. And it's okay. I love the picture of choosing to love because yes. I believe that it gives you power. It gives you a choice in yes. it. And I can remember at, um, 
at a time in my life being in a relationship and knowing that that relationship was not of God, knowing that that relationship mm-hmm. was not good for me or them, knowing that that relationship was not healthy. And I thought, but God, we love each other. Like, isn't that enough? Isn't that the thing that's supposed to keep relationships together? I also knew that he wasn't for me. I like, he wasn't my husband. Right. But I'm like, but God, what do I do with all of this love that I have? If this person isn't my person, right? Like I couldn't reconcile it. And I want to encourage somebody who's listening tonight. If you find yourself in that same space where you're like, God, I have feelings for this person that they're deep. It's a love. It's a, it's a commitment. It's all these things. But you also at the same time know that the Lord is like, this is not it. This is not it. And I remember having a moment in my life where the Lord was like, Candace, this person is not your person. This is not what I have for you. And I was like, but God, I love them. And he was like, I understand that, but Mm -hmm. this person is not your person. And he, the Lord knew in my heart, he knew me. And he was like, I know that you want me to bless this relationship. And because this is not your person, I need you to know that I can never bless what I didn't put together. Mm. Yeah. And that thing, that thing like hit me like a ton of bricks because I thought that because I made the choice and because I had this feeling of love that the Lord would co-sign on it. Right. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't, it doesn't matter if we feel a love. It doesn't matter if we feel a connection. Like if this is not the thing that the Lord has for us, we cannot ask him to bless something that's lesser. And I think that is a valuable lesson for us to learn. Sometimes we have to learn it in relationships, but sometimes we have got to learn it in other ways. We are asking God to bless us in areas that we are trying to settle. And the Lord is like, that is not what I have for you. And because I really love you, I'm not going to give that to you. And that's it. And God was showing you that that person was in the way. And there are other things that are in the way of what God wants. And I also want to share another piece about love for myself, learning the hard way when it comes to love is not loving myself. It was a time where the things that I did not show that I love myself. And it's important when it comes to love that we also love ourselves and our neighbors, right? That's it. I think that that's essential just, you know, as we're growing up, we don't have to Mm -hmm. learn how to do this now. We can, you know, it's important that we teach our young people, our children, persons in our families, like this should be something that is taught. So that way, when you're older, it's just second nature. It's your automatic so response. All that we do, we say, does this line up with me loving myself? Everything from career to whatever decisions that we're making, yeah. does this align with that? I think that's important. So I've gotten to the space and the place in my life where I can say, I love Lashana, mm-hmm. but years ago, you know, I wasn't proud or I can't say that I love myself the way I should have. Mm-hmm. So true. I hope you guys are enjoying it. If you are, leave something in the chat. Please let us know and feel free to chime into the conversation. Our second word for tonight is loyalty. Oh, gosh, we are like in a neighborhood here. I see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, loyalty. So, okay. So I've learned, okay. Loyalty the hard way, right? That's what you want to know. From myself, I recognize the importance of loyalty. Um, I was in college and broke up with the guy who, you know, cheated on me that I was with. And Mm -hmm. 
started drinking and befriended a group of girls. And we used to hang out, party, all of that. She had a boyfriend. Do I feel like I know where this is going? <laughs> yes, you already know. And um, for me, I was just like, he don't really want to be with her. And me and him got together and I felt bad. I said, wow. Like, I remember seeing her after and was just like, she was nothing but nice to me, kind to me. And for myself, wow. it was just like, nope, I want to be with him. And that's it. And he was trying to holler too. And now I look back, he was just a sneaky, you know, mm -hmm. like, I just remember how it all went down and it was just like, you know, so then I stopped messing with him, mm -hmm. but the fact that it even happened, it was just like, you mm -hmm. know, and she really liked him. But for me, it was just like, no, mm -hmm. like I want to be with him and justifying, oh, they're not really together. They're just talking college girl. Yes, yes, yes. I think it is through those kinds of relationships that you are learning about yourself. You're learning about yeah. others. You're you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I think me on the flip side, I think I was loyal to people before I was loyal to myself. I would go, I would put myself in harm's way because I wanted to be considered a loyal person, but I was no way. I wasn't loyal to myself. I was throwing myself to the curb. <laughs> every time I could, you know? Yeah. And so I think I had to find balance. I had to find balance in that thing. So where, you know, in some instances we are loyal to the thing that we have in our mind, like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to follow it out. Cause this is what I want. And I'm just going to do that. Or you could be on the side where you're like, you know, I want to be loyal and I want to show up for these people or whatever. And if I'm honest, the loyalty that I walked in even though it sounds noble, it really wasn't a noble thing because I was being loyal because I wanted people to see a certain thing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be perceived a certain way, not because it was in my heart to just stick by people, but I'm like, well, if I don't do this, then what does that say about me? If I don't do this, you know what I mean? And I think yep. sometimes we have got to ask ourselves some questions about these kinds of topics that we talk about every day. Like what is our motivation for why we are doing what we are doing? And you're right. And what is our motivation? And, you know, as I reflect back, you know, I put myself in that person's shoes and I'm like, she was nothing but a friend. She was loyal to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that I felt, you know, I knew I was wrong. I'm glad that I felt like when I saw her, I just felt awful mm -hmm. after once I came to my senses, you know, but I've also learned as well when it comes to loyalty. Now, that I'm older, that, you know, we may be loyal to certain people, but they're not loyal to us. They're just not. It's just what it is. And I just had to accept that because for me, like now, not in my college days, but I have grown in the Lord and grown just as a woman, but I am loyal to the people that I love. And, you know, even new friendships that develop, but in certain instances, or even like, you know, you're even loyal at your job. But at the end of the day, not everyone has that same level of loyalty to you. And I'm blessed for the people in my life that do. But I recognize that there are some like associates and other people in my life. I'm like, you yeah. know what? 
they're just not in that space and it's okay. Now I'm able to see the ones who are really for me yep. and the ones who are not. And that's okay. I love that. It's, and that is so true. I think sometimes we can suffer. I'll use me as an example. I know that there were seasons in my life where I suffered with unrealistic expectations of what loyalty should look like from people in my life, because you hear so much, you hear so much about like, yeah, they were there for me when I was down, you know, they stood by me, they did all these things. And it's like, well, if you're going to be a a friend, you got to be like that. If you're going to be my, whatever, you got to be like that. Anybody in my life has got to be down for me whenever, whenever they got to be the ride or die all the time. And I'm like, that's just not realistic. Everybody in your life is not going to be a ride or die. And, and for the, I mean, as a matter of fact, like you don't need everybody to play the same role. And so you can't like villainize people for not being that when they shouldn't be that in the first place. Now, there are roles that there are relationships where you it is healthy to expect a a degree of loyalty, but not every relationship, because when you do expect a level of loyalty from everybody that's in your life, a lot of times you walk around hurt and really disappointed and frustrated, feeling like nobody's mm-hmm. there for you when it's not nobody, but it's certainly not everybody. <laughs> You're right. And it's not their role. Yeah. These expectations. I, like I was the queen of, oh, they didn't call. Oh, they didn't check on me. I'm calling. I'm checking. Grow up. I just really had to say, you know what? That's not what they're supposed to do when it's okay. But I had to learn that. And yeah. loyalty looks different. Yeah, that's it something too. Different. Loyalty does look different because you do different. have friends that are like, they're going to pop up on you. They're going to be like, hey, yep. let's go out to lunch. Oh, I was thinking about you. Oh, I yep. got this. But then there are some people that are calling you, checking on you frequently, right? So it's like, what does loyalty look like for the person that loves you? And maybe yeah. have those kinds of conversations so that you can give them credit where credit is due instead of holding them to a criteria that doesn't really apply to the way that they love. It doesn't mean they don't love you. It just means that they're not calling you. This is it. And I learned that the hard way because I would cut people off. And <laughs> I'm serious. My husband would cut like I used to be like, oh, so that's what the, that's how they want to act. And it wasn't until I got married. I just thank God for my husband. He's like, babe, you can't just cut people off. I'm like, yes, I can. And I think <laughs> it's already done. I don't know what we're talking no, about. But it's so it was so unhealthy. It was like you didn't like if I reached out or if I was, you know, whatever I was doing, you know, to support you, if I didn't feel that that was reciprocated. Yeah. I was like, I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. And again, my husband helped me with that. He's like, that's very unhealthy. Like you cannot mm-hmm. just cut people off. And for me, it didn't matter. It could be friends or family. Yeah. Like everybody's getting it. Being, everybody was on the same <laughs> playing field. If I felt you were disloyal or like, if you were talking about me, anything, I was just like, you're cut off. And I'm not saying that we should put ourselves in toxic spaces that people are really treating us bad. That's not what I'm saying. What I was doing was just unhealthy rather than using my words, 
and having a conversation and expressing how I felt, like saying, Come on. you know, I hurt when this occurred. The Come easiest on. thing for me to do was to cut you off versus being mature and having a conversation with you. So my husband really helped me and the Holy Spirit really worked on me to be able to do that so I can have meaningful relationships. Otherwise, you will be cutting folk off left and right. And for what? We all make mistakes. I don't call people all the time. I don't check on people all the time, but it doesn't mean I'm not here for you. But that right. comes with wisdom and age and maturity. Right. As that you grow, as you evolve in your life and you have other things going on, no one's sitting up here talking all day long, got time to be, oh, let me call Lashana. No, grow <laughs> up. People have an entire life. The world does not revolve around us. So I had to really mature in that area and recognize it looks different and you just, and accept what it looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, love the people in your life and accept what it looks like and stop putting all these criterias. And, you know, I thank God for growth. Amen to that. I thank God Amen for growth. To that. You need people in your life that are going to speak the truth to you, you That's know, and not co-sign the foolishness. So I, I'm grateful that I was able to grow in this area and have meaningful relationships and friendships. Right. Well, I find that when I lower my expectations, not from disappointment and frustration, but really lower them to a re realistic place, realizing that other people have other things going on. Yes. Other people have other lives that they are living. They've got things that are taxing them the same way that things are taxing me. When I reduce my level of expectation, yes. I'm able to enjoy people so much more because I am not holding them to such a standard that nobody can meet. Not even me. The standard that I want from other people, I'm not even being to them. At all. Like, and you know what I mean? Like, I have a picture in my head and I think I'm doing, you know, we always paint ourselves in the light of our mm -hmm. great intentions. But even the, the way that we expect things from people, I think if we were to ask them, they probably wouldn't see us as stellar as we see ourselves. Exactly. I like that stellar. Definitely <laughs> was acting as if I was stellar. Not at all. But I think that as we grow <laughs> and we evolve, God helps us to put things in perspective. And, you know, you just enjoy, you know, the people that are in your life or whatever commitments you make to certain things in your life. Because if we're honest, we're not loyal to God the way we need to be. So we can't sit up here and, you know, talk about what other people aren't doing for us. We need to get in alignment and be more loyal to God. Come on, come on, come on. Mm -hmm. Now she it's preaching. We moving on before <laughs> it gets too hot, hot, hot. <laughs> All right, our next word. Ah, what's one thing you learned the hard way about honesty? Oh, honesty. One thing I learned the hard way about honesty. Well, your lies will catch up to you. Period. Period. It's Period. just what it is. Yeah. And it, as much as it hurts sometimes, or you need to be courageous. That's what I've learned. It takes courage sometimes to be honest about certain things. And I know for myself in the past, not being honest, again, the truth comes out and it shows and it bothers you and it festers because even if you want to do right and you don't, you're still convicted and you know, it just hurts. It That's just hurts right. and it hurts other people when we're not honest. And we hurt ourselves when we're not honest as well. That is so true. One mm -hmm. of the things that I have learned about honesty is that, again, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, he is the spirit of truth. 
And before we lie to anybody, too oftentimes we lie to ourselves. We do. And so we have got to commit to being honest to ourselves and allowing God to be truth in our lives, not just the truth of the gospel, but the truth of our bodies, our minds, what we are feeling, what we are processing, allowing him to be that truth. Because sometimes our emotions that we are feeling is not the truth. Sometimes our perception and the way that we are reconciling things and deducing things is not the truth. And we need the Holy Spirit to be the truth in our heart and in our mind to set us straight. Yep. To set us straight. And a lot of times we desire honesty from people and we desire honesty in situations and we don't realize how much of a lie we live internally. So how in the world can you demand all of this honesty outside of yourself when you are just as content with living all the lies on the inside? This is it. And we must be honest with ourselves. And that's in all things. It doesn't even have to be something deep. I remember several years ago, girl, I got on the scale. <laughs> and I said to my Don't husband, make me holler. wrong with the scale? I said, baby, something wrong with the scale. saying I weigh X amount of pounds. <laughs> and my husband looked at me. He tried to be so sincere. But he looked and was like, babe, ain't nothing wrong with the scale. <laughs> But that was the response. I was like, oh, something's wrong. He's like, no, it's not. He's like, I know he wanted to be like, it's those chips you eat in. The skin is broke. It's just broken. But you know what? I needed that. That was, I needed to say, you know what, Lashana, get yourself together. You know, the salad and the fries, stop it. You know? And then looking at the scale, like, oh, something's wrong. No, be honest with yourself. You need Come discipline. On. Come on. You need on. to stop emotional eating. You need to just have some discipline. Eat in moderation. Like, it's things like that, okay? Come on. I'm going downstairs, 11 o'clock at night, eating. Stop. <laughs> I had to be honest with myself. So it's honesty in all areas. Honesty you know, in all honesty. areas. Like, I'm telling for instance, you. I remember I was years ago, I was working. Everything's years ago. I thank God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank the Lord. Thank him. (laughs) So I was working at a very toxic environment and I'm up there like, Lord, these people, look how they treating me, Uh, 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 all of that. And the Lord had to show me, yeah, but I got to work on you. You need to be honest. You sitting up here looking at what they're doing. You need to be honest because even though, they're not treating you right. You walking in there and you not speaking. And I wasn't. I will look right at you and keep going because you was being disrespectful, right? You and the Lord was like, me scream <laughs> but it's girl. the truth. But God was like, I got to do a work in you. Yes. Because you should be able to go into a place. I don't care what they're doing, but yes. you should be able to walk in my power and in my grace. And Come at least on. you can't even speak to people. Oh my gosh. God had to work on me. I had to be honest about that. Like I have growing to do. Yes. I had yes. to call my husband and be like, pray for me. I shouldn't be at the place where I'm about to go off. Mm-hmm. Like stop it. You know, but I thank God he puts people in your life to cover you and encourage you. But yeah. God had to really check me on that. He's like, you shouldn't be at the place where you just feel like you about to tell people about themselves. Grow. Yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> you living on the edge. You always on the edge, yeah. ready. <laughs> on the edge. Fucking call my husband. He's talking about we need to pray because I'm I'm about to go off. He's like, be a witness. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you're not gonna go out, be a witness. <laughs> but he's right, you know, and that's what I had to really like check myself. And I'm talking. I'm all. I'm praying. You know, God make my enemies my footstool. And I believe God will do that. But God was like, you pray for them. You grow. You pray for them. How about it? And you still go to work and you do it unto me. Come on. Your job. And so I say, it's time to go. That took growth because I was like, Lord, get me out of here. Get me out of this place. And God made me stay in that place for several years. You better say that. Until I was able to get it right. And it was the appropriate time for me to go. But I had to be honest, there was work in me. I'm pointing the fingers at them. They're wrong. They're doing this. Yeah. But I got some issues too that I needed to work on. That is the truth. Honesty is such a huge catalyst for our growth. It's such a huge catalyst. One of the things that I learned is that the power of truth and the power of a lie We like to use untruths in the way that benefits us, but the power of a lie and the the way that lies work is you cannot, it's like a seed. You cannot tell once you put that thing in the ground, like you can't tell it where to go. You know what I mean? Like, I just want you to grow a little bit to, I don't want you to be seen. I just want it to kind of be like this. And I want it to be in the corner. Once that thing starts sprouting up, it's going to be whatever it's going to be. You don't get to control it. Right. And so we mm-hmm. like to think, well, I'm going to use this lie in this particular way. I'm going to believe this lie about this thing because it suits me. But then I demand the truth in every other area. I want the I want to live in the light in every other area, but you can't do that. Like you either want the light or you want the darkness. Lies live in the dark. Truth lives in the light. You cannot allow them to coexist and think that your life is going to excel to its highest height. Do you want to grow or not? And if you do, you've got to be honest. You got to be honest. You got to be honest with yourself. Half of the time we are, we can't be honest with other people because we're not honest with ourselves. We can't maintain healthy relationships because we're not honest with ourselves. When we're hurt, when we're offended, when we're all these things, like we can't even fess up to it ourselves. Yes. And you're right. You know, we turn into something else because we're lying to ourselves, knowing Mm -hmm. that our relationships are deteriorating right in front of our eyes, that there are that there are things that are standing in front of us and they're causing us to be further and further apart as brothers and sisters in Christ or brothers and sisters in the same household or family. Yes. But like, again, the word is honesty. The word is honesty. And this is something else I'll tell you, too, because. Lashana, you said the word, you said discipline. And I remember the Lord was talking to me and he was, he was like, Candace, honey, there is no substitute for discipline. There is no substitute for it. You cannot do anything else. Cause a lot of times we'll be like, well, like you said, I'm gonna do the salad and the fries. And the fries. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna work out <laughs> and I'm gonna have some ice cream. Right. Because that we want to, now all of a sudden we want to achieve balance when we want to do the thing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Now, <laughs> now balance, balance is the key word, right? And he's mm-hmm. like, I need you to be committed. I need mm-hmm. you to be walking in the same, di- like walking in the same direction. How are yes. you walking in two different directions and then desiring the outcome of a single direction? You can't. Yeah. 
All right. Mm-hmm. I'm getting off my uh, soapbox before. No, but no, but you're right. Cause then, and then we need to be honest about why certain things don't happen in our lives. Right. We have to look at it. Are we disciplined enough? Are we doing what we're supposed to do? I remember again, many years ago, I was talking to an old friend and they were, you know, talking about their finances and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have any money, blah, blah, blah. And I said to the person, well, are you tithing? No. I said, well, that's it right there. I had to be honest. That is the truth. This is why you're experiencing why you're experiencing, you know, what you're experiencing as a believer, because we know better. We know the things that we're supposed to be doing. And when we're not doing those things, we have to be honest with ourselves and be honest with one another about those things. And honest, the other piece, Candice, too, is honest about our emotions and what we're feeling, our thoughts. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, oh, I'm okay, we're not. I used to do that. And I learned that the hard way. Mm-hmm. My first year of marriage, I remember I had an attitude. And my husband's like, baby, you all right? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm sitting up there mad all day. He running around eating, watching TV, <laughs> doing stuff, going to work. And we get in the bed and he's like, you know, like about to go to sleep. And I'm like, how are you going to sleep? I'm mad. Like, wake up. He was like, oh, you are? <laughs> You are? You said you were fine. You said you were fine. And I was like, wow, like I'm sitting up here mad all day. You know how you have an attitude and you think somebody else cares because you have an attitude? Well, he didn't. And as far as he was concerned, I said I was fine. He moved on. He was enjoying his day while I'm still got an attitude. And I realized, grow up, be honest about how you feel, have the conversations and move on Mm -hmm. and go in peace, you know, because I I used to have stuff festering and not communicating effectively because I felt that because I had an attitude you were going to be impacted he didn't care he was fine but that's how we go about in life I'm not talking to so-and-so they're going to move on with their life they're going to enjoy their day they're going to and we're going to be the one still (laughs) allowing it to ruminate allowing it to run rampant in our minds yes 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 you talking right you are talking right somebody Put it in the chat. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. And it's okay. It honestly. It's okay. Honestly, like you do not know how quickly you will grow if you just start telling the truth. Yeah. I think a lot of times we convince ourselves that the world around us cannot handle who we are in truth. Mm. Like if I say how hurt I am, if I say how angry I am, if I say how hopeless I feel, If I say how proud I feel that the world cannot take the handle it, you know what I mean? Like people can't handle that, but they really can. They Mm -hmm. can. And the Lord can, as we are committed to growing and giving voice to what's on the inside of us. The fact of the matter is everything that we feel and give voice to may not be right, but as we give voice to it, it shines the light on it and it allows the Holy Spirit to deal with what's going on. Sometimes the Holy Spirit cannot even deal. Like some of us, we are not receiving the counsel of God because we have not opened, we're not in the light of truth. So we're holding on to the lie. The Lord's not challenging that lie because he's like, when you're ready to tell the truth, we'll talk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's what I mean when I say like growth does not have to be a lifetime long thing in certain areas. Like as soon as you open yourself up to the light of truth, you will experience acceleration just like a plant. 
Yeah. Just like a plant, you put it in the sun, you give it some water, it's going to grow. It's going to do its thing. You don't have to live in denial, right? Come on. Okay. This has been so good. This is going to be our last one for the night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Our last word for the night is how appropriate. Oh, what's Forgiveness. That? Forgiveness. <laughs> oh, yes. Indeed. Uh, that is certainly one of the things I've learned the hard way. And I'll share two instances. I shared earlier about carrying the shame and guilt for having two abortions. And had I learned early on that God would forgive me and the importance of forgiving myself, I would not have carried that shame. I would not have, you know, made certain choices that I made and feeling like God would not love me and that others wouldn't love me either. You know, because for me personally, I honestly thought that was the one thing that would not get me into the kingdom of God. I just yep. knew I was going to hell yep. for those two abortions. Like it yep. was just, that's what I knew, but I'm so gracious that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, the other piece about forgiveness that I learned the hard way is, you know, you don't have to wait so long to experience it. Somebody put that in the chat. You do not you have, have to, to wait so, so long. long. You don't. It's available now. Come no on. matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter the choices that we've made, forgiveness is available now. And that's in our relationship with God. That's in our relationship with ourselves. And that's in our relationship with others. And I shared tonight about my mother, whom she had her own trauma. She was sexually abused by mom, which impacted her life. Uh, she was in foster care. Because of the trauma she experienced, she began using drugs, prostituting. And as a young girl, as a child, I couldn't understand why my mother wasn't there, why she couldn't raise me. But as a grown woman, I began to see, oh my gosh, my mom is, she was one of the most powerful women that I knew all that she overcame. Here I was sitting there like, this is not my mom. Who is this woman? And again, God is so gracious. He allowed us to meet at a place in my life where I was open to forgiving her and loving her before she passed away. And I, when I say forgiveness is available now, you don't have to wait until a certain, you know, until you're older to love mm -hmm. your parents or to forgive them or persons in your life who harmed you. Because first of all, you don't know how long they're going to be in your life. And above that, the word of God tells us that if we want to be forgiven, we have to forgive others. Who are we to walk around saying, I'm not going to forgive this person? When God forgives us, and I certainly can never be in a position where I do not receive God's forgiveness. So forgiveness can happen now. It doesn't mean that you're going to be tight with the person again. You're going to be close, but it could be the case. In my situation, I was grateful with my mother to be able to forgive her and love her and to be able to experience her love. And likewise, she was able to experience my love for her because I've made the choice to forgive. Now, the other individual that I was with years ago who I was in an abusive relationship with, I had forgiven him, but that relationship was done. That was it. It wasn't no, oh, we're going to be together. Oh, let's make it work. It was over, but I freed him and I freed myself. So do not learn this the hard way. Ask for forgiveness now. Allow God into your heart and allow God to do the work so you don't carry unnecessary burdens, feelings, all of that, because it doesn't have to be your life. And when it comes to people in your life, you know, forgive them now, because what I don't want for you 
is when the person transitions and they pass away, you're sitting with regret. The one thing I can say, when my mother passed away, I got the call from my sister. I was at work and she called and said, uh, Shauna, mommy died. She had an overdose. And I remember calling my husband saying, come and get me. I ran out of work and I got in the car once he came to town to get me. And I just lifted my hands and said, God, thank you that I could feel this pain. Thank you that my heart hurts because we grieve because we love people, right? Because years ago, if I was a teenager and she would have passed away, I wouldn't have cared. But I'm glad that I was able and I'm still able to grieve and to, you know, miss her, right? But that takes place when you open up your heart and you allow God to do the work. I'm glad that I can feel the way I feel because I forgave my mother. Mm. I honored my mother and she knew I loved her. So forgiveness is available now and make that choice to forgive versus living in regrets. Because mm -hmm. I don't have that regret. Mm -hmm. I don't have that man. I wish I would have told my mom I love her. No, she knew. Mm -hmm. She knew. And I'm grateful to God for that. So it's available for each okay. and every one of you. So don't learn this lesson the hard way. You don't have to learn from my story. Learn from my you. experience. Yes, ma'am. I want to ask you one question, just because I think it could be really helpful to people who are listening, especially those who are experiencing some trouble within the family relationships. But how did you tap into the place where you were able to honor your mom, even after having like, and forgive your mom? Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes when we feel like we have been hurt and harmed by people, it is mm -hmm. really hard for us to step into that place of honor. I think that's probably the first thing that we begin to withhold, especially in the parental relationships, when we feel like we've been hurt or damaged or abused, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like we withhold that honor, but how do you feel like you were able to overcome the hurt to still mm -hmm. honor and forgive? I remember calling my uncle and I said, you know, should I invite my mom to the wedding? And he was quiet. And he said to me, well, the Bible says you honor your mother and your father and your days will grow longer. And I said, you're right. I told my uncle, you're right. And invited my mom. And that's where our relationship began to flourish. The other piece is having compassion for my mother. Because when you have compassion and empathy, and I heard my mother's story, I no longer listened to what other people in the family told me. I heard my mother's story from her. And to see all that she experienced, there was no way I couldn't love her. I wanted to love her more mm -hmm. and to hug her more. When you hear your parents' story and like hearing all that my mother overcame and me being a woman, mm -hmm. I was able to empathize. She did the best she could. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it was by God's grace, she didn't raise us. She wasn't in a space to do that. And I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. But you begin to honor the person when you hear their story. When you see them as a person, I no longer saw my mother as a mother in those spaces. I saw her as a woman, mm -hmm. a woman who tried her best. Mm -hmm. She loved her children, but she struggled because she, all that she experienced. So, yeah. you know, I, I read this book, uh, Souls of my young sisters and the sister shared her story about how she forgave her mother. And she said, because I began to see my mother as a, a woman and not just a mother. We look, you know, you, you have to look beyond that title and say, yeah. what has my parents gone through? What yeah. has this person experienced for them to get to the place? And now me being a mother, 
I know my mother dealt with a lot because there's no way a mother is just going to leave her child or her children. I can see that even more so as being a mother now. I know my mom, she dealt with a lot, but God is so amazing that again, he allowed us to have that time together, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm so grateful and I cherish, you know, the other last night, a picture popped up. My husband took up, he always took pictures of us and it popped up on his iPad and I just smiled and it was just like, thank you, God. Mm -hmm. You know, every time I look at pictures, I'm like, okay, like, this is what we did. Like, this is me and my mom. But we have that because I was able to forgive her. Yeah. You said two things that I think are so powerful. And I'm going to use these as our parting thoughts. You said that when you talk to your uncle and he said, he advised you that the Bible says to honor your mother and your father. And you Mm -hmm. took that step and you said that that step was the thing that began. That was the catalyst Mm -hmm. to begin to change your relationship. And I think sometimes we wait for the opportunity or we wait for the moment where we have got to deal with the peace that requires forgiveness before we honor, but you led with honor and the forgiveness came. And so when the Bible commands us, and, and I don't even know why I'm going here. So I hope that this is helpful for somebody that's listening today or whenever you listen to it. But when you lead with honor, when you obey and you do with the Lord's way, because the Lord doesn't give any conditions. He says, honor your mother, honor your father. When you obey, the Lord will open up doors and avenues for you to be able to reconcile. But honoring is the non-negotiable. That is the command. That is the space that requires your obedient response. So Mm -hmm. I hope that that's helpful to you. And I hope that that gives you some hope that the Lord can bring about whatever reconciliation needs to happen. But first you do the thing that you know to do. And that is to honor. The -hmm. other thing that I think that is beautiful that you said is that you were able to forgive your mother when you saw her through a different lens. Mm -hmm. And I think that A lot of times we struggle to forgive people because we are so committed to a particular lens of seeing people, of seeing the world, of seeing everything. Mm -hmm. And so my hope for those that are listening and my prayer for those that are listening is that you begin to explore other angles of life, (laughs) other lenses of life, begin to use the lens of empathy, use the Mm -hmm. lens of compassion, use the, become more curious and explorative of the people that are in your life. And as you begin to see them through a broader space, you will find that you have access to other feelings, except that, you know what I mean? Not just the feelings of you weren't there for me, you hurt me, all of those things. Because sometimes we are so focused on what's happening to us that we're not aware of what other people are experiencing as well. And it's not to diminish what you're feeling, but there is a level of maturity that says, I'm experiencing a lot, but so are they. And so we're able to give people the benefit of the doubt. I hope that this was helpful to you guys tonight. Lashana, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for taking the time. Everybody that was blessed by this episode tonight, please put some love in the chat and we will, oh, before we go, you have an event that's going on and I want to be able to put that on the screen so that you can share a little bit about that and invite people out. I'm going to change my screen. And while I do that, please feel free to share. Yes. Awesome. So our homecoming uh, series and our homecoming season is happening at Mount Zion AMB Church. Join us tomorrow night. 
Wednesday, September 14th, we're going to have Pastor Candace Lamb. She is coming to teach our Bible study. We are thrilled to have her. Uh, we want you to join us on uh, September 30th at 7.30 at Mount Zion. Dr. Tamer Bryant is coming to minister that weekend at our opening worship service. She will be preaching. We're going to have a workshop done by Dr. Tamer Bryant. Uh, on that Saturday, 10 a.m., and then our Women's Day service, October 2nd at 10 a.m. We want you all to be in the house. Our theme is women coming home to God and themselves, and it's so appropriate, and it's inspired by prodigal son text, where the Bible says that after he done squandered all his money and lived a life of sin, and was uh, he wanted to eat what the pigs were eating, the Bible says then he came to his senses and realized all that he had in his father's house. So I'm believing that we're all going to come to our senses and come home to God and to ourselves and to grow and evolve and become the people that God has ordained and created us to be. So please join us. Go on our Facebook page, Mount Zion AME Church Bermuda. Uh, you can reach out to myself on social media. We would love to have you. And we are just excited about all that God is doing in this season. So it's time to come home to God and ourselves. That is awesome. 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 Thank you again for being my special guest. Our talks are always great and I look forward to more of them in the future. Thank you everybody who has been watching and listening and who will listen later. Mm -hmm. For those of you who have not yet, please subscribe to this podcast. It's available on all platforms where podcasts are available. You can go to my website, www.candislam.com. I have free downloadable resources there for you. So please head over there and enjoy those as as well. And I will see you next week. Good night. Awesome. Good night. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the growth and greatness podcast. If you haven't yet subscribe to make sure you never miss a new episode and follow me on social media at Candace Lamb. That's C-A-N-D-I-C-E-L-A-M-B-E. To catch the replay of this live show, check out my channel, Rain Life Entertainment, on YouTube. That's R-E-I-G-N, Life Entertainment, on YouTube.